and uh, that's the wonders of modern technology. You see, nothing is made to last very long now. Uh, everything's pretty well junk. Pretty well everything is out there is junk. And most of the consumers have accepted that. They think new is good. That's all they have to say now in advertising. The latest is the best. And the people just go for it and what they're buying is cheap junk. Things that can't be fixed, in other words. And they're always expensive to replace. But that's going to change. That's going to change very soon. And we'll get into that tonight after these messages. That's 
all it is. And yet it's, it's been taught as a religion in the schools now today. has been for quite a few years. And now the public, for those who are aware, are starting to realize that everything's been taken over. When they tell you, for instance, when they tell you that you're, you're going to have to live more simply, and that's the mantra again of ecology and from all governments down to the public under this new system of governance, by the way, not government, governance. Uh, when you live simply, it means you're going to be made poor. That's what it means. You'll be made poor. And the fanatics at the top of this religion, and they are utter fanatics, plus there's a lot of sell-out prostitutes, basically, intellectual prostitutes that got on board for an easy life uh, as authors and uh, reporters for newspapers under the greening columns and all that. Um, these fanatics at the very, very top mean business. They don't just talk about depopulation. They've been already at it for an awful long time. And, of course, they couldn't tell the children, you know, the unwashed masses, those who are unenlightened, living in the darkness, they call them profane. So they went ahead and did it through inoculations and various other means. I've given so much information out from their own articles, books, and so on about this, uh, this very thing. And even John Holdren, I read yesterday, his great hero, um, Harrison, uh, also uh, was into eugenics and wanted to depopulate the world down to about 50,000 of the elites. That's what he wanted. That's, that's, that's what's really running the governments now, this philosophy. Harrison, by the way, knew Charles Galt and Darwin. They were both physicists, and they worked on the Manhattan Project. That's where they all met together to create the atom bomb. See, these people are really into life, as you've noticed, and uh, that's what they mean by sustainability. They're into life big time. And I kid you not, everyone should be awfully worried today because their agenda is being pushed through every organ of government, right down to policing. If you've noticed, police today are out to, to just boss you around or taser you or lock you up or whatever. They're not, they're not the old police at all. Uh, they look upon the public as uh, a prey. Uh, 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 there are predators looking upon the prey. That's how they see the public. But they also really feel they have the authority. They don't realize they're supposed to be servants. They're now in, uh, beings of authority to be obeyed instantly. And that's happening again worldwide. And the scary thing is to say that every government on the planet is under this particular regime that was at it for an awful long time, over a hundred years to infiltrate and take over completely. And now their agenda is underway. It's the scientific dictatorship that Huxley talked about. And he said himself it would be brutal. But then he followed it by saying that if it's going to be a dictatorship, uh, I'd rather be a scientific one. That's what it's all about. Now, getting back, before I get carried on here, to the donations and so on, I say thanks to those that have donated because I've got a lot of money to put out uh, in the next couple of weeks uh, to printers and various other things. And uh, it goes very, very quickly. So people should really keep it coming. Now, someone told me you can also put a PayPal button up for automatic monthly donations. And I'm looking into that as well. Uh, for those that get absent-minded um, or distracted into other things. But it's, it's got to come in to keep going because all the gear and equipment I have here is old stuff. 
and it needs a lot of maintenance and a lot of lot of time to to restart computers from scratch. That kind of stuff they don't do too well. Now, the new world order is now openly declared. As I say, Brown mentioned it at the G20 summit. He led off his speech and called it the new world order. Uh, people have been mentioning it for years. I've been mentioning it for years. And of course, you were laughed at by both the public uh, and the politicians as poo-pooed it. This is some ridiculous um, idea that they've never, never even heard of. But uh, that's how things are. Brzezinski was quite right. If it's not on the mainstream, it doesn't exist. If it is on the mainstream, it suddenly exists. And you'll find the people uh, that you're trying to educate and who ignored you will never, ever say you were right. It doesn't happen that way. Because then you go on to tell them the next part of the agenda, and they'll poo-poo that just as much until it's on the news. And then it's all quite natural to them. That's the system we live in. The indoctrination process has been so completed, and it is a scientific indoctrination. There's nothing you can look at today, and hasn't been for years, any movie whatsoever that isn't full of predictive programming messages, and it's done on purpose. Yesterday I gave a link to a site from, again, Ecology, an ecologist uh, movement, and they, this uh, site admits that even in soap operas, they help to advise how to write them, uh, hoping the public will identify with the characters, and then they put in the political correct stuff. What they're trying to do in Africa, in fact, is to get women uh, separated totally from the men by um, aiming at them. Whenever you hear the big boys in New World Order saying they want to liberate women, etc., what they're talking about is they want they want breeding from women. That's that's it. They don't care about women. They simply don't want them to be breeding. That's the whole point of it. And so they try and tempt them with uh, trinkets and goodies and materialism instead of having children and uh, and encourage uh, the radical feminist movements uh, that really turns into a hatred of men. That's being taught across the third world countries by design. Because there's no doubt about it, if you look at most of these characters at the very, very top, they're all perverts. They have no interest whatsoever, whatsoever in women, apart from how they can use them. That's it. And we're run by them. They're the deviant creation. We're run by them. I've read enough on this show, I could read a lot more about big, big characters in the mainstream news, but I don't. And uh, these characters are in charge. You'll find common, or common traits between the Huxleys, the Darwins, and uh, even Harrison, and of course uh, this character who's now on board with the U.S. government. And uh, they have their boards on every government across the Western world, and right fact, the Easterners were right to Australia. They've got their same characters. They've got their, they've got their Paul Ehrlich types, their John Holdren types, all in place today because, as I say, now we're being brought down gradually to a third world status. Today I was reading an article from a, a site because I looked into the site because a, a woman was on the BBC. I'll put the link up too. And uh, the BBC interviewed her. Now, you don't just walk into the BBC as a nobody and get interviewed. It doesn't happen that way. Uh, you're brought in because the BBC is the, an organ. It's an official taxpayer-funded organ by the British government. And uh, she was pushing uh, this emotion, being an ecologist, etc., a little rich girl, 
who travels across the world, used to work, work for Nature magazine, and uh, she knows where bread is buttered. And um, she said we should start eating insects like they do in Africa because of the coming food shortages that she's just so sure is going to happen. And she's gone off again to see how it's working out in those third world countries after her boyfriend has his final crown, crown done and, and of course he has all his teeth crowned and capped and set. They're very, very rich, you see, these people who live off political correctness at the top. Now anybody who sees these characters coming into their country better realize that they're studying ways to take you down in the third world countries. That's what they're there for. What you need, how you survive, and find ways to counter how you survive. Back with more after these messages. and adapt 
and they've turned our lifestyles upside down, culture-wise and many other ways, too. Uh, since the 60s onwards, that's all it took them to turn everything upside down. Plato, remember, is someone they all admire, they all say they've read Plato. His book, The Republic, written 2,300-odd years ago, but he advocated the very same thing, a world run by the guardian class, you know, the better types who had better brains and intellect than the commoners, and the better types, of course, uh, married uh, were mated up with women for special qualities and men with special qualities so that their offspring would have the same qualities. And Plato talked about uh, the idea that intelligence really was hereditary and the ones down below, the, the it's as he called them, were just there to serve those with the brains. Well, it hasn't changed at all. It's couched in different language, but not very, very different. In fact, when you look through all the articles these people have been putting out. Now, no one's voted any green outfits and sustainability outfits into any government, Congress, or Parliament. The public haven't had a say anywhere across the world in this, and yet here's this Fabian bunch who really hate humanity and who mean it by every means possible to depopulate this planet to bring in their lovely utopia so that they and, and their better offspring will have a world to play in in the future, these guys mean it, and as I say, no one's voted any of them in. They're just simply suddenly there, and uh, no one asks why. And uh, to be honest with you, you can't fight this the way it's going. You can't fight it simply by information, because look around you. Every country has been turned into an absolute police state under the guise, the con of terrorism. That's why they're watching all of you and me. And everyone else. This is all preparation for the century of change, as the Fabians have called this for an awful long time. The 21st century was the century of change. Well, welcome to it. And as I say, you won't change it by simply complaining about it. These guys mean business. We don't have, uh, as I say, any redress and governments anymore. We, we are as far from governments, really, as, uh, as, the, as the, the flying bee is to the anthill today. We're so far, so far removed from us. It's, a, it's going its own path, its predetermined path, and uh, they don't even bother with the public anymore pretty well. That's governance. Governance is simply a Soviet-style system where dictates come from the top and are passed all the way down to the bottom. And you obey. You obey. And it's not going to be pleasant. You can't fix something that's totally corrupt and broken. And this Tower of Babel has so many band-aids holding it together and superglue, to be honest with you. Uh, you can't keep it going. Even, even to change it, you can't. You can't change something that is crooked and corrupt from its very foundation. So one way or another, it will have to fall. The problem is they want rid of most of us and they'll deal with that problem in the future. Quite something, isn't it? It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. I could talk about out-of-body experiences and UFOs, but that'd be entertainment then, wouldn't it? Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Organization in America was ZPG, 
Zero Population Growth, founded in 1968. In the 1990s, ZPG, like the National Sierra Club, uh, more recently started to fear started to fear that any talk of limiting migration into the U.S. would sound xenophobic and scare away big donors. This is their words, big donors, right? To shed ZPG's radical reputation. And this also tells you that Sierra Club and all these big organizations, the World Wildlife Club, they're all interwoven. They're all really funded from the same sources. And Prince Philip, of course, is up out there with all of these particular organizations. This is your supposed left wing for those who don't really get it, that sustainability and ecology is run by the richest people on the planet. So to shed uh, CPG's radical reputation, leaders in 2002 renamed the organization Population Connection. It sounds nicer than zero population growth, Population Connection, and it now focuses almost exclusively on fertility regulation at a national and global level. So NPG now, as it's called, formed in 1972, is now one of the cutting-edge national-level anti-growth outfits. Though NPG has expressed little interest in growth at the local community level, has long examined the concept of optimal population size. And then it gives you examples in articles I've written how to get there from here. See, that's all planned out. The demographic routes to optimal population size. Optimal population. Now, don't, don't forget, this is optimum is beyond uh, stabilizing the population. It's beneath it. That's where they're going. Then there's the Sierrans for U.S. population stabilization. Isn't it amazing all these wildlife clubs, etc.? The real goal all along was to reduce population of humans. Isn't that rather amazing, eh? Isn't it amazing? Since 1996, leaders of the Sierra Club have refused to admit that immigration-driven rapid U.S. population growth causes massive environmental problems, a position that SUSPS argues is a sop to a super-rich donor who demanded this position in return for huge donations. So SUSPS is a splinter group of Sierra Club activists who advocate a return to traditional 70 to 96 Sierra Club population policy, which included both birth rates and immigration levels. Do you know the Sierra Club, the World, you know, World Life Fund, was all involved in birth rates of humans and immigration levels? Because, you see, that's who brought in the multiculturalism and stayed the rich men of the world, not, not any little grassroots tin can pushers. Quite amazing, eh? For all those who are still trying to, you know, dream about the movies and Free Willy and all the Disney movies you've watched. That's what they were all for. To humanize the animals and make you feel all bad and guilty. Population Coalition 1994 within local chapters of the League of Women's Voters. Amazing to have split everybody up into genders and so on, isn't it? This nationwide grassroots organization promotes awareness of population pressures and overconsumption on a sustainable future. In the statements of core beliefs, population stabilization is listed as one of the three most significant issues facing the human race today. Nearly all of its focus is on global and U.S. national level population issues. Did you vote any of these characters? Have you heard of them? Well, your politicians have. The guys that make the policies have all heard of them. And they get lobbied by them. It's just one after the other. It's all population, 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 uh, organization after organization. 
And that's literally what we're going to hear from now on from all shows, soap operas, movies, and even in comedy. That's what you're going to hear from now on. Now, it's interesting, too, that I've said for years the Internet, like Brzezinski said, would be given to the public. They'd get hooked on it, and gradually they'd, they'd tighten the reins and give its real reason. And the mainstream would also uh, come out there. And sure enough, now you find that um, they're starting off with illegal, what they call illegal downloaders. And this character here, this is from Mail Online, August 26, 2009. It says, um, Lord Mandelson, this, this character Mandelson is one, ah, you could go on about his um, preferences and stuff like that down the line. He's been fired from so many jobs and is always put in higher jobs when he gets fired. He's, he's presently filling the position that his father and grandfather filled in the British government. He's a, he's a hereditary lord, you see. So Lord Mandelson, who also recently um, met with Soros and he went over to see um, uh, one of the families of the Rothschilds, is going to change uh, an awful lot of the Internet on behalf of the big boys. Lord Mandelson ordered the crackdown on illegal file sharing after dining with the multimillionaire Hollywood mogul David Geffen during his holiday in Corfu. The timing of the move will spark fresh accusations that the business secretary likes to do favors for his rich friends. Well... Of course they do. Some of the favors you better not ask about. Deal on downloaders. Peter Mandelson, Secretary of State for Business, leaves his home, the Regents Park, North London. Under proposals, individuals whose computers are persistently used for illegal file sharing face having their internet connections suspended, even if they are not the ones doing the downloading. Now, I've told you that before, they'd use it as a, as a weapon as well, and a way of social um, punishment. They'll somebody take your internet away until... You comply and you're good again. You see, that's how it's going to be used. Social approval, social disapproval. And it says here, that critics branded unworkable lunacy that risked criminalizing 7 million Britons, one in 12 of the population whose equipment is used for illicit downloading. Parents who rely on the internet for everything from banking to business could have their connections severed if their children are caught secretly downloading music music tracks illegally, and there's, there's this stupidity of all the people who've uh, who sell their soul for convenience and do everything on the internet now. This is going to be used as a, as a weapon against you if you misbehave, maybe even if you don't misbehave. So Mandelson met with Hollywood mogul David Giffen, etc., as his individuals who also blamed if unscrupulous neighbors tap into their unprotected Wi-Fi system wireless internet connections and download copyright content without permission so it doesn't matter if you haven't done it someone tapping into Wi-Fi that's everywhere now in fact it's the main projects by Brown the Prime Minister to get the whole of Britain under Wi-Fi uh, and it's almost impossible to keep people out to know how to do it it's not that hard to get in and use someone else's Wi-Fi so if they do it's your account number that goes down and you're the guy who has your internet cuts off so only two months ago, Gordon Brown described Internet access as an essential service and indispensable as electricity, gas, and water. He spoke out after Lord Carter published the Digital Britain report, which recommended restricting only the speed of the worst offenders' broadband Internet connections, making it difficult for them to 
download files. I think I've got that because I, I get an awful time by ExploreNet who uh, give me a time uploading my own stuff to them. Every night I have to restart the satellite maybe three times because it just grinds to a halt. That's what they do to you. But they've been doing it all along. But in a U-turn yesterday, ministers set out measures to suspend wholly and completely the Internet accounts of users who persistently download music, films, and TV programs for nothing. Lord Mandelson is said to have ordered officials to drop the new regulations days after dinner with Mr. Geffen, a long-time campaigner against Internet piracy in the U.S. Amazing. I can remember when Mr. Mandelson, near Lord Mandelson, was in Tony Blair's cabinet and they had up and coming uh, 2000 fair all built in that big building built in London uh, of course the taxpayers and Mandelson was in charge of a project it was one of his, one of his uh, you know strange friends to come in a uh, supposed artist who uh, started covering the walls with feces no kidding human feces as art and uh, again it cost uh, thousands of pounds for it to all be cleaned off after members of the public that still had some common sense complained about it that's the kind of character Mendelssohn is he likes to rub your face in it you might say quite something eh? now all this flu nonsense is a big technique of the World Health Organization to terrify the public into compliance with annual shots not just for flu for the rest of their lives I've got the PDF from the 2006 World Health Organization meeting and that's what they said basically when the next big scare comes along uh, they start training the public into going to get annual boosters for various things and new inoculations for different things you've never heard of before it's all training, training, training plus of course you know it's going to sterilize whoever's left to be um, virile and uh, it'll also give you a quicker death down the road because as Huxley said, Julian Huxley it's not just uh, birth control we have to look at. It's the medical profession and death control. In other words, they want you to die earlier too. That's what's going on. Here's an article here from The Telegraph, and it says, the, the date on it is the 25th of August. Dead girl's family misdiagnosed with swine flu start petition against telephone diagnosis. The family of Charlotte Hartley, a teenager, who was misdiagnosed with swine flu and later died, have started a petition called Call Center Healthcare. See, Britain's a socialized medical system, and it's, it's worse than, much worse than the old Soviet Union had, in fact, because when government gets involved in healthcare, it's all to do with budgets and money and cutbacks. And, of course, you can get fast vasectomies or tubal ligations or abortions, but everything else is a massive waiting list. Uh, and this whole swine flu thing you see, like under the World Health Organization's orders, they're not testing uh, these people with uh, nasal swabs and so on uh, to find out if they really have swine flu. They're just diagnosing everybody with swine flu and uh, treating it as such. So a lot of these folk who are getting treated for swine flu are dying of other things. This girl had uh, meningitis. So the family that did you know, misdiagnosed with swine flu starts a petition that says... Um, a post-mortem examination, listen to this, found Charlotte died of natural causes and was not suffering from swine flu. So I guess meningitis is, um, as tonsillitis is said too, uh, is a natural, uh, natural cause. Charlotte 16 died on July the 31st from complications that arose from tonsillitis. Her family from 
Osley Shropshire said the teenager was prescribed Tamiflu after she was misdiagnosed with swine flu in a telephone medical consultation. That's what they give you. They get these nurses on telephones, and that's socialized medicine, folks. Here's another one. Girl with appendicitis misdiagnosed with swine flu. She was rushed to hospital. Uh, this is related to Darkville. After she deteriorated and later developed blood poisoning, her family said, a post-mortem examined for Charlotte died of natural causes, not suffering from swine flu, blah, blah, blah. blah. So you've got all these Facebook petitions going up to do with other people who've lost uh, adults or children to misdiagnosis of swine flu. Because, you see, I don't really personally think uh, there really is swine flu. I think whatever folk are getting, if there's any flu at all, it's just one of the regular flus because the World Health Organization could only put it up to a, a level five or six pandemic when they dropped three or four of the criteria that they had always used to label something as a pandemic. Beautiful, isn't it? Only terrify the public and get, to get us to accept mandatory inoculations. As I said, you cannot accept mandatory inoculations. You can't do it because the last bastion in this world, because they're already into your minds, believe it or not, making... Uh, composites of you in a, an ethereal world to make sure that you're, you're very predictable. Uh, the last bastion is your body. And when they say they can do what they want with your body while you're living, it's bad enough after you're dead. They're actually mandating in Canada, especially in Ontario, if you go into the hospital and die in the hospital, uh, they want you to sign a form accepting the fact they're going to use your organs or, or just practice for medical students on your corpse. But when you're alive, and you allow them to do what they want, it's game over. You see, under tyranny, one of the definitions of tyranny is when coercion and blackmail, etc., leave you no escape, no way out. That's tyranny. We're under complete tyranny. Back with more after this break. today to simply obey and there's many ways to make you obey uh, laws are passed you see law is any dictate put down by anyone it doesn't matter if it's tyrant dictator or whatever or what we call governments and um, they also have another way of getting uh, you to obey and that's the power of the purse is economics laws especially do with fines fees and all the rest of it that's how they, they push you along a certain path so the coercion uh, which is basically blackmail, in a sense, is always used. They, they generally don't say you can't do this, a certain thing that's really uh, vital. They, they just simply make it impossible for you to do it unless you can afford it. And the world, of course, they're going to bring in is going to be one of uh, the, the, the fittest, survival of the fittest type class and those who've got more money. That's how pretty well they judge uh, survival of the fittest by their economic status and standing in the world. Then they have their scientific class to help them, all the prostitutes that work in bacterial warfare, viral warfare, and all the rest of it. Um, and uh, that's the scientific dictatorship that we see coming into place today. It's actually in place today. But we're also taught by police. Um, police, and all these articles that come out to do with uh, using cattle prods on people, they call them tasers, 
uh, it's not by accident. Uh, these are, they're meant to horrify the general public and to get you to be afraid of the guys in the black outfits. Uh, that's the new type of governance that we've got, you see. Here's an article here. Homeless man bursts into flames after being tasered by U.S. police. I read one a few weeks ago where a guy in Australia, uh, the same thing happened. This is the U.S. they're admitting. I bet it's more than one. It says, um, 26th of August, 2009, Daniel Wood burst into flames after police tried to subdue him with a taser gun. He'd been sniffing from an aerosol can. By the way, I'll also put a link up to show you the latest gadget I've got. It's a wireless um, cattle prod. It need wires, and it's a rifle. It can hit you from 100 feet away. It fires a, fo- a sort of capacitor bullet at you and with quite a high velocity and gives you so many thousands of volts for 20 seconds. That's a long time. So if it doesn't kill you, it'll probably go through your throat or something. You'll hear a lot of people getting shot through the throat with it and stuff like that because that's quite a, quite a velocity. You fire something. And as I say, it doesn't need wires. That's how how sophisticated they're getting. And it's going to get worse. There's even another one come out where they can fire three at the same time for crowd control. I have no doubt they have ones out there like Gatling guns for, for, for ultimate crowd control. But anyway, Daniel would burst into flames with a taser gun. He'd been sniffing from an aerosol can. Now, you, you've seen guys sniffing from aerosol cans. They're generally of no problem to anybody but themselves. And it says uh, he caught fire uh, when the police shot him with a taser gun, it's been revealed. He was allegedly sniffing, no, again, allegedly sniffing gas from an aerosol can as he ran through traffic when he was chased by two officers in Lancaster. Why were they chasing him? Remember that other girl they shot in the head? The thing went through her skull. I read a few weeks back, too. Chasing us through traffic. Well, when you're getting chased by these guys waving something that's going to electrocute you, I think you'd run as well. One officer caught Woods and got him on the ground where Wood continued to resist. You can imagine a guy stoned out his skull on glue. They can hardly move. So they tasered him. And what happens? Flames burst and covered his whole torso. He's burned from the, from the waist right up to his face and all the rest of it. That's the new policing, folks. That's our new society. Obey or huh, we cremate you. These guys, these sons of the fire, love to use it. I saw that at Waco. From Hamish myself into your Canada, uh, I'll say thanks very much for those who are sending donations and please keep them coming. That keeps me on the go. And from Hamish, the dog, and myself, it's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you.